Places, please. Places for the top of Theater Countdown. Ha 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 ha! Ho ho ho! And a couple of tra la la's. That's how we get the show underway in the merry old land of Theater Countdown. Hi, Cheryl's. Hi, everybody. Hello, Cheryl's. It's me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. And we're back again. Hi, I'm Asmaret Geber McKell. We are back again. Yeah, it's true. And this is Theater Countdown, your favorite podcast and lifestyle choice. <laughs> and you may already know this since this is your current lifestyle choice, but you can find us for additional lifestyle guides at so at social media at theater countdown yes, yes. yes. Uh, at, at social at media you can at social media us at theater countdown on instagram and tiktok and we are at theater counts on twitter and just a reminder you can rate and review our show we will read your reviews on on the air which i mean we don't have to read them but we just want to we do read, we do read them all of them that's right but if even if we don't read it out loud we've read it and that's we right. loved it and we, and loved, we loved every word of it. No notes. No notes. No, 100% great. I read it. We're, you know what? We don't even need you to go out of town. Yeah, exactly. Straight to Broadway with that We've review. got the backing. We've got the money. Everything's, it's great. <laughs> We've got the money. Hardy, <laughs> hard. I'll tell you what I got into podcasting for. The money. <laughs> As Nelly says, it must be the money. So... It must, oh. I didn't think we'd talk about Nelly today, but I think it's good that we did. I think it's important that we did. I, if you're not going to believe this, this is the second time I've mentioned Nelly today. So I just. What a day. This what a day. Bad. It's been a full day. Now, it's interesting to me that there's a rapper named Nelly because Nelly also has such, you know, gay connotations to it. And certainly, you know what I mean? Like you're such a Nelly queen. I guess so. Nervous Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. Definitely nervous, Nelly. But yeah, yeah, like you're such a no, you've never heard Nelly in, in terms of like being effeminate or. I haven't, or... but I try to stay away from damaging language like that. So. I just... Oh, wow. Wow. Just heap that on me. <laughs> heap that on me. Fine. But that's, um, just, that's just my lifestyle choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not a credible source, but we are a lifestyle choice to be sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of not being a credible source, how about those Tonys? Those how Tony Awards were last night. Yes. I hosted the watch party. We watched it on the big screen at the Green Room 42 in New York City. And uh, could you, I mean, everyone's talking about the thing. Everyone is talking about the thing. It was What incredible. did you think about the thing? Oh, I thought it was magnificent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. you want to go see that show. Right. Right, right, right. I was kind of, I thought for a second that the other thing may have happened, but when this thing happened, I was like, oh, hot damn. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It made me a nervous Nelly for a second, but then yeah. when it, the other thing happened, I was like, yes. Well, when the other thing happened, I became a, a, a Nelly queen, and I just right. danced all over and sang show tunes and- Took that bandaid um, off from underneath my eye and just let rip. I, yeah, but I think the thing, well, it's best to just rip the Band-Aid off, whether it's under your eye or... or under his any, eye? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> now it's the... <laughs> no. Talk about a lifestyle choice. Handmaid's Tale. Woof. Dark. 
That's so dark. Listeners, just so you all know, we do have an outline of what we're supposed to talk about every week. And sometimes we follow it. And most of the time we don't. <laughs> no, I don't. This I'm having too much fun, frankly. Same, 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 same. Yeah. Same. Um, what, what about Handmaid's Tale, the musical? What I mean, you got to do some serious editing in that to cut it down to a three and a half hour epic. But that would be interesting, huh? Oh, Erica Henningsen would be great. Oh, Erica. I just picked it. I just picked you, that name. But you know what? So most often, whatever your gut goes to first is the right answer. It's like my Beth level Harold Hill. Yeah, that's, again. Remember wow. that? I no. do. And that was outrageously right on because I stumbled on that whole moment. I never delivered on that the way I should. But you no, did. You were great. <laughs> Just like the Tonys were last week. We can't stop talking about it. Um, And then that one number where, actually, the one thing that was crazy to me is, and it's always interesting to me when this happens, is that um, a beautiful noise, the Neil Neil Diamond musical got to perform, even though they weren't nominated. And I was talking to some of the cast members about that when they were gearing up for it. And they were initially offered like 30 seconds of airtime. Because here's what happens. If you're in a show that's not nominated and you you can still perform if your producers are willing to buy the airtime. So yes. So that's how that happens sometimes. I'll take you back many years now to when Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. That's right. I was going to say another show did that once before, right? It's happened a few times. happened a few times, yeah. Yeah, where the shows are like, well, we still got to sell tickets. So yeah. So, but they started with like a 30 second time frame, And then because they were just doing the whole thing off the cuff, apparently um, they ended up with like a two and a half minute number, which is cuckoo bananas. Of course it was Sweet Caroline. And we all sang that along too, which is really fun. Well, how are you going to say no to Will Swenson and Robin Herder? I Come don't, on. I don't. There's no I way. Find it, no, I find it's best not to. Um, not if you want to keep your head. That's right. Or your wits about you. Yeah, yeah. Which we certainly haven't. Um, so uh, hot, sexy theater news, lots of people going back into shows. Jeremy Jordan's going back into Little Shop yes, on Broadway, is. which I always thought was weird because he's like this hunky hunkster and Seymour's not supposed to be a hunky hunkster, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just heard this news recently. Um, I just, I thought it would be a great opportunity for them to to like think outside of the box again. I'm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. bring somebody new in, bring somebody that that hasn't already played the role in that production. I don't know. I mean, bring no in, no disrespect to Jeremy. I love Jeremy, but bring in somebody who actually wears glasses and has asthma. Right. You know what I mean? Like I want a, a nerd. Full... Bring in yes. a nerd. This is what I'm saying. Justice yeah. for nerds. Like. <laughs> When will when will they get their revenge? When will the revenge of the nerds happen? I don't know. I think we're having to take the the way back machine for that. Somewhere in the eighties is where that's that's we're gonna find that. Oh, that'll be a musical any day now. Let's well, how honest. about how about this casting? Speaking of hunks, mm-hmm. Anthony Ramos returning to Broadway and Amadeus playing hey, he's the titular role. The titular role, Amadeus Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. That's right. Uh, which of course was a Tony award-winning play before it was, was it an Academy award-winning film? I don't know. Great. You'll have to let us know, good listeners. Um, 
<laughs> but I mean, I like that he's gone. He's gotten so big in the films. Yeah. With the with the Transformers. Transformers. Of it all. I know. I, I mean, once you do transform, well, I don't know. Unless he ends up like Shia LaBeouf, and the next thing you know, he's at whatever shows of fifty four below, giving a sermon and smoking a pipe in the middle of the show, and then. Do you remember that? No. When Shia LaBeouf was having like a nervous breakdown all over town. And like, oh, yeah, that I remember. Yeah. And he went to, but Shia LaBeouf was in the Transformer movies, is what I'm yes. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying if Anthony catches Oh, you were that, bringing it to, I, I was like, I was Shia LaBeouf back. at 54 Below. But he, he went to see the show at 54 Below and was smoking a cigarette from his oh, seat in the show and was right. ranting and raving and they had to escort him out of the, the theater. Cabaret? Sure. Why not? Let's go with was it. it. Michelle Williams. I'm, I'm just, was it Michelle Williams and Cavern? I don't know. Who cares? I love it. They've that's actually, this, that's not the show we're interested in. The show we were talking about was Shia LaBeouf smoking a cigarette. So <laughs> that's the show. That's, that's the theater of life. That is. Uh, <laughs> but I like that he's coming back to Broadway. I like that casting. Oh, me too. Me too. That's very that's fun. Bad. Yeah. I'm very into that. Yeah. Uh, I saw a play. Recently, I saw, I went to see a play and I never, I don't see enough plays. I go to see musicals, but I saw Grey House, um, which is a spooky, ooky play directed by my friend and yours, Joe Mantello, starring the national treasure, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. I was Uh, supposed to go to the opening of that and I could not make it. Yes. Oh, what, what, what do you got going on that was bigger than the Grey House opening? I got life going on. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Sometimes I don't like to go to openings because I don't want to find an outfit. Like I just want to go on another night in my whatever clothes I decide to wear. You know what I mean? Sometimes openings, if it's especially if it's not my show, I feel I, like I, I just want to be anonymous. I feel that way sometimes about events in general. They stress like me I, out. When I get invited to things that I'm not particularly a part of like there's not a real reason for me to be there and they just want me to come watch i'm like yeah mm, i don't know i don't know if that's if that's yeah it's like I, then i get just i don't uh, why am i here and uh, right sometimes yeah, yeah. God, uh, but i, do, I so would like to bougie. <laughs> well i saw a play as well what'd you see and i meant to talk about this um the other day i saw prima facie with <gasps> world treasure jody comer international wow 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 yes i, I like watched... I, I have to go back was it, it closed did it close oh i don't know did it close? no it's still open it's still open uh did you see it have you seen it <laughs> no i didn't see it but i stood outside the theater thinking it was the parade <laughs> theater for too long that one night and wait you're not the only person that did that when i was there that night there were like six to seven people in line already for prima facie <laughs> And the security is clearly used to it. They're like, parade's down there. That's parade if you want. I was like, oh, it's like, bye guys. Because I like an idiot. I was like, what do you mean that's Tuesday? What do you mean the show's at eight? Here's my (laughs) ticket. It says seven. And I'm standing there for a minute. And then I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong goddamn theater. But I wish I had gone to see Prima Pache. She, I watched all of Killing Eve. So I'm a giant fan of hers. Let me tell you something. It's her on stage the entire time. That's it by herself. And like, I, I'm a huge fan of solo shows. I've seen a bunch, a bunch of them, but the subject matter and the levels and the, the fact that there is like no stopping, there's truly no, st- I mean, it's, it's incredible. And the writing, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I was, I was like speechless. 
Uh, she's got the, i think she's got a tony award and i mean she well we we know we know what happened there <laughs> last night <laughs> well she, she won the olivier too yeah yeah and just like she, she won, won the, the tony last night yeah exactly <laughs> debate me on this all right you think i'm wrong about that by all means follow us on social media at theater <laughs> countdown and let us know <laughs> that you think that we're wrong about the fact that jody comer won a tony award last night <laughs> um oh i'm very jealous uh i have to see it now that she won the tony yeah <laughs> the price just went up i hope it's open <laughs> this feels like a good time for a game what do you guys think uh, uh this isn't a game okay <laughs> because you guys you guys are talking about something that i have in our game section for today's yes, episode i know that i didn't even plan that and i started talking about it and i looked down and i was like oh and just like that i'm back on track <laughs> oh well wonderful it was like a natural segu that's a right uh well i put together a little dis or dat game for that's you guys danny okay. that's producer danny by the oh way. yeah i guess you're, i should introduce myself frightened by the strange new voice <laughs> i pop in from time to time don't be afraid I was, sort of... was on a game show. Oh my I gosh. Was, I was laying in bed the other day taking my second nap. Um, and I was like, oh, there's Danny on the on the old TV amping up his boy band pals on America Says. Can we talk briefly about how badly we got beat by the bingo ladies? You did. The bingo ladies slaughtered you. And I didn't want to say that when I messaged you because I thought maybe it would still hurt too much. No, I mean, they just demolished us. And they had like their daubers in hand as well. well what, was, what were you going to do with that? I'm, what are you going to do? You you can't mess with the daubers. No, no, no. I never do. No, That's, no. That would be as, as lethal as messing with <gasps> Will Swenson and Robin Herter. That's hey. right. What's this game? Okay. Boom. Okay. So this game is a little dis or dat, which I know, Benny, you love so, so much from I all do. of your years doing Broadway sessions. Uh, you have some of my favorite dis or dats that I've ever seen or participated in. So I threw together a little theater one uh, for you guys today. And the first one you guys were talking about already, and that is, which would you rather attend opening night of a show or closing night of a show? Closing night all day long. I if Even if I'm not a part of it, the energy of a closing night is in, in the very odd, like if you're there to see a star be born, like let's say if you were there at the opening night to see Sutton Foster and Millie or 1967 Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl, I've made that date up, then that's interesting and kind of a cool thing to experience. But if you go to any closing night, the, the energy is palpable. Mm. between audience and everybody on stage so i think that's a cool experience to have that's my take that's a really interesting take i so i attached the word party to both of these and i would rather be the opening night party because i've i mean i've been i've seen opening nights and closing nights and so i always like the first place i went because i'm clearly optimistic is i was like i don't want to be around all those sad people they're sad their show is closing <laughs> i want to be there when they're celebrating until like it's if it's like a questionable show and then like you're at the party and then the times review comes in then you're like oh shit let's just go to westway diner now but i think i would rather be at opening night although i agree with you the energy as a performer and andy of opening night performances 
it's never the it's like always the weirdest performance because people's energy is all over the place and people are like either pushing too hard or it's mm -hmm. like it's it's all it's just it, it tends to be disjointed um mm, for sure going to the party i think i would still rather go to a closing night party I, yes there would be sadness but there's also a very community feeling to that and i feel like yeah. that sort of party would be more like a dance party let's just say fuck it and have fun because an opening night party very often is is very segmented. That's it's true. very segmented into all of the money people and the headliners or the stars of the show are are if you're in the ensemble or a, like yeah. a like a, a supporting character in the show, you're gonna get lucky to get a seat at a table and get your food because there's so many producer people and money people and the people they invited and the press that it really like the the party itself is kind of lame and uncomfortable until you take it elsewhere. I'll tell you experience. the best opening night party I've ever been to was Book of Mormon because mm. It was a hit, but also because, <laughs> <laughs> but also, <laughs> but also because I, they had gotten so much input from people about there never being enough food by the time the, the cast and creatives and crew get to the party. So they made sure there was like a ton of food and it was at Gotham Hall. It was like one of the first parties at Gotham Hall, which used to be a bank. So it was just yeah. so, it was massive. It was probably too big. That was my only, that would be my only issue is that like you, you lose people. Mm. And my favorite closing night party, I was not in the show, but the closing night of Rent. Were you at that party? Oh, no. But they had that... a huge party at Chelsea Piers. And because I was in, I think as I was in In the Heights, maybe we, we had the same producers. Can't okay. remember exactly, but that was one of the you know it was just such a celebration of such an iconic show, and the so, legacy and yeah and the legacy yeah that's also a great venue. So going back, the wicked opening night cast party was at Tavern on the Green. Yeah. So Tavern on the Green is also literally segmented, like into like weird rooms, then a strange hallway, then another weird octangular room, and then another. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys, you did bring up something that I've always been interested to know about is like when that review comes in, like what is the reaction from people at the party? Like, does the mood dramatically shift one way or the other when the yes. Times review comes in? I think it depends on, I'll go back to Wicked as an example. I the, They didn't need the reviews to be great. So yeah. they, it was already sold out. So I don't know. I have you seen it, Charles, where like the air goes to get taken out of the room? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I feel like I was at <laughs> I feel like I was at an opening where that happened. I think um, if you if you keep your eye on the producers once again. Oh, I was in a show that yes, I was in a show where that happened. <laughs> and you could see it like it wasn't it, the reviews were not negative about the entire production. They were negative about one person. So you could mm -hmm. see that one person's whole demeanor change. Um, they were like sitting in a corner reading the whole thing, even though they said they weren't going to read it. You know what I mean? It was one of those yeah. things where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I can tell you like Tony, part, like being at the Wicked Tony party when, when Wicked did not win Best Musical like everybody thought it was. I know that Mark Platt was pissed and Stephen Schwartz was pissed and maybe they were having their moment, but yeah. the vast majority of people there were having a damn good time. Totally. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Uh, also, what are you doing being the star of a show and reading the reviews at the party? Well, it was, you know, when I when we were doing Mormon, I walked in, Michael James Scott and I got there just as the review was coming in, I guess. And so our press person told us. The press person was like, congrats, you got a, you got a, you got a rave or whatever they said. Sure. Oh, um, well. sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. Well, but if it's a rave, sure. Well, yeah. Then wow. that's that, then everybody's having a good time. Let's dance. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you guys taking us sort of behind the curtain on that. Cause I've always thought that's just very, very interesting about the biz. Um, all right. So next one, next this or that, which would you, uh, which do you prefer a really great dance break or a dynamic blow you away vocal solo? Dance break, vocal solo. Because if you, I'm gonna get more bang for my emotional buck from watching the eleven o'clock number versus the giant production number, and I have very strong feelings and memories about both of those experiences. Um, but maybe I also think that a lot that that quite often some of the great big dance numbers with the exception of like Newsies and some other things, sometimes don't necessarily land the way that they could or should. Mm. And then that can be a little bit of a catch 22. I mean, I'm thinking like dance at the gym. I'm thinking music in the mirror. So like, Mm. there's some like merging of the two worlds for me too. I just think it's, Mm. it's rare to see a really great dance break anymore. And, and I don't know why I think that, but, but I I guess because dancing, just closed maybe i'm just like rooting for the dancers and and yeah i mean i i, I mean please i would love to hear a, a, an incredible vocal vocal solo but sure we need them both i'm just now i'm thinking about going to see the prom and like that huge dance number was so crazy and i was watching it just bug-eyed because the energy level was so cuckoo bananas yeah and all the girls were in their cute little prom dresses but they had their sneakers because they were about moving in nine million miles an hour and i was watching it and i was like this choreography is either the best thing i've ever seen or it's fucking horrible yeah. but they keep on dancing <laughs> so you do get a rush from it kind of either way I suppose. But then if you clear the stage in Jekyll and Hyde and just let Linda Etter sing someone like you and there's no set and she's just wailing. That gets me off. Yeah. Uh, next, if you had to listen to one cast album for 24 hours straight, which would you choose? Miss Saigon or Les Mis? Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. For 24 hours straight. Yeah. I Because those songs get stuck in my head yeah. for that long anyway. Same. And <laughs> I'm having a really good time. Boom. Great. All right. Next one. For a new show, would you rather listen to and know the soundtrack going in or hear it for the first time live in the theater? First time. I was I like to see it live and then I like to listen to it. That's my. Right. Because I think now I I think I lied to somebody the other day. And I now I don't know what the truth is about my life. Because like Shirley Shame Spiral. <laughs> shame. Shame. Oh, God. I've missed that sort of shame. shame. No, I haven't. It's always with me. Um, but I was talking to somebody and about Hamilton. And I realized like half, please tell me you've had this experience where you're like halfway through telling a story. And as you're saying it, you're like, it was what I'm saying true. Yes. Because I, because I'm now down this, like better just land the plane. Yes. Um, because it doesn't really matter if this is true or not. I'm Are they still a... listening? Do they care? <laughs> Will this ever get back to anyone? Right. It's about my opinion, so I can lie Did about I turn those. the oven off? Did I blow up my candle? 
um, but I was, so now I'm confused in my head if whether or not I knew all of, if I had memorized Hamilton before I saw it or if I wanted to see it. And I think the truth is I did listen to all of it before I came in so I could appreciate it live. But I think I told somebody the other day that I, that I heard it for the first time when I saw the show. And I think that's a lie. I think I want to hear it because I get so much enjoyment out of the shows that I've loved cast albums of. And then I get to see it. I get to see it live with all the elements and, and that's gets, that elevates the fantasy for me. Uh, so maybe I like that more. It's tough. I think it also depends on the yeah. show. It depends on the show. Yeah. Like the story elements. Like when I saw Dear Evan Hansen for the first time, I was like, oh, that's what they're singing about. It also saves you from having that moment. Well, a lot of shows you don't have the option if you're seeing them early on, right? You wouldn't have heard them, yeah. right? So, but, you know, when you leave a show, which I have a few times lately, when you walk out and go, I don't remember a single melody. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not walking out with a toe tap. I don't remember if there were good songs in this or not. I enjoyed the moment, but now I'm not really kind of jazzed to put my ears on it. Mm. Yeah. All right. We have one That's more. Here we go. Dinner with one theater legend. Do you choose Patti Lapone or Bernadette Peters? It's always Patty and Bernie, huh? <laughs> uh, all right. Here's the thing. Bernadette's not going to eat. And that's going to make me feel weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not eating with me. That's right. Patty's Patty's got a steak. Yeah. She's drinking a fucking martini. Like, she's, like, having dinner with you. But Bernadette's like, what's she going to do? Like, open the little tray from beyond her hyperbolic chamber and be like, no sesame seed, please. I'll have just a side of ice. Bernadette's not going to eat with you. No. Patty Lapone's gonna talk some shit and she's gonna eat that steak. It's gonna be terrifying, but hopefully she picks up the bill. <laughs> yeah. She just seems like she'd be a lot of fun. She yeah. does. I'm being Bernadette. serious. No, Bernadette does too. Bernadette seems lovely, but like Patty, you know, Patty's Patty's gonna Patty's gonna give you the give you the inside scoop on things. I feel like Bernadette is too too pulled for that. I just feel like she's going to be in a bubble. I feel like it doesn't end with dinner with Patty. I feel like the evening keeps right. going. You're ending it. No. You're going to Bar Centrale. You're like maybe going back to her house for cognac. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> maybe you're smoking a joint through the volcano because she doesn't want to fuck up her voice. Like who? Kn- we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but as soon as we do, we'll let you know. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That tur- And then that turns into like a limo ride to a strip club. Like th- yes. there's no telling where this could end. It sure it starts. It starts with uh, it with starts with Allen and it ends starts starts with the seafood tower and ends in an eight ball. I don't know. <laughs> it it feels like it should be a musical called Dinner with Patty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm here for it. That needs to be off Broadway. There's already uh, a weekend at Bernie's, so there you go. Which be very different though. <laughs> well, that's our that's our this or that. Oh, but interesting weekend at Bernie's. Bernadette. That was my point. That was the point. Oh God, I was. I took. Okay, moving on. Oh, Let's I get to the countdown, shall we? I, wait, I just have to. I, it's <laughs> my least favorite thing is when I don't get the joke. I hate. I know. It, so much. it makes me crazy. Oh, I like jokes so much, and when I don't get them, I just feel like a buffoon. Oh, you're not a buffoon. Well, let's do these lists and find out. Okay. 
Speaking of buffoonery, we're talking comedies. The funniest musicals of all time is the topic at hand. I very much liked both of our lists on last week's show. Same, same, same. Let's do a red hot recap of the funniest musicals in history. <laughs> all right, you're... That's um, a funny sound, too. That was a funny sound. Yeah, at any time. I am funny. <laughs> you want me to start? Yes. Okay, fine. Uh, at number 10, I had Kinky Boots. At number nine, I had Ruthless. Number eight was Legally Blonde. Number seven was The Drowsy Chaperone. And number six was Monty Python's Spamalot. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Very strong. Mm -hmm. At number 10, I had The Pirates of Penzance. Number nine, any forbidden Broadway you can get your hands on. At number eight, Rock of Ages. At number seven, Something Rotten. And number six, I tied The Wedding Singer and Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. So good. Which are polar opposites, but very funny. Yes. And now let's do it. Top five funniest Oh, music. I'm excited. I want to go first. Please do. All right. My number five is super of the moment. It's so current. It's almost embarrassing to put it on a list. It's so piping hot, so fresh. Uh, my number five funniest musical of all time that I could have thrown up watching is Titanic. Titanic oh. is so mother trucking funny. It is, it's like you can't catch your breath. The gags are coming so fast and so silly and so ridiculous and musical. And as a Celine gay, it's extra special. Um, but it is, it is many laughs per minute. The LPM. I, I need to get high. there. I need to get there. Oh. And I was wondering, like, can I call that a musical? But it just won the Lortel for best musical. Yeah, it's so. a musical, isn't it? Yes, sure. Absolutely. Yes, there is singing and talking. Ha <laughs> ha. Um. All so right. Titanic, which we can't play any of because I, I don't know if they'll ever make a cast album. I don't know how I'm they would sure do that they with will. the rights. I'm very curious about how they got the rights oh, to all the right. silly music anyway. Yeah. I wonder if they did that trick where they only sing a certain amount, a certain length of each song. Oh, right. You can get away with a certain right kind of thing. Yeah. Titanic. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, my number five is is something that we can play. I have never seen this show, but it is one of the shows that when I was going through um funny musicals, I was like, oh. First of all, I wish I could have seen it. Second of all, no, I guess that was my first and second. I wish I could have seen it. My number five, <laughs> my number five is You're in Town. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I I remember, I feel like it opened right after Footloose closed. It was like around the time that we were doing Footloose or like uh, they were existing at the same time. And I just remember hearing everybody talking about You're in Town, You're in Town. I was like, what the hell is this? I don't, I knew nothing about it. Uh, but I was, go I went back and listened to some of the cast album the other day and I was like peeing my pants. You see what I did there? Yep. Uh-huh. Peeing. Got that one. Uh, they remember what they did with the theater? No. Cause they, they, it was at one of the theaters. I don't remember the theater off the top of my head, but you're in town. Was it one the of the Brooks, theaters on the other side of Broadway? Oh, oh, it was it on the was other side. On the other side of Broadway where we seldom tread. Yeah. Right? 
and they like it would look like it had like caution tape all over it and said condemned remember, and yeah. like it was just this crazy atmospheric junk heapy kind of look that was so cool i mean from where we were where the richard rogers was painted that horrifying puke green for footloose yes you remember that oh i sure do how can i forget oh was it the sondheim danny jordan says the sondheim theater oh fantastic then which what probably uh, wasn't the sondheim then no i forget what it was called but it's anyway. a roundabout theater anyway uh, the song that I want to play, and this is what I was talking about last time. This is a song that I had listened to, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Nancy Opal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Singing yeah. It's a Privilege, yeah. privilege to, to Pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to listen to this because, Absolutely. wow. Yeah, yes, yeah. I couldn't believe it. And this is before, right? I mean, I guess that was kind of the start of composers really writing music for women that high. Because I just remember mm. like Stacey Francis singing Let's Hear It From The Boy was in, in somebody's eyes was kind of the first time I'd heard women singing like these crazy high notes like that. Yeah. Um, now it's all they write. And now it's all the rage. Yeah. But we have to listen to some of this. Yeah. 20 years we've had the drought And our reservoirs have all dried up I take my baths now in a coffee cup I boil what's left of it for tea and it's a privilege to be the politicians in their wisdom saw that there should be a law. The politicians taxed the toilets and made illegal public urination and defecation. I think the other thing that was very fun about your in town was the narration aspect of it between officer Lockstock and little Sally. Yes. He was all very, everything was, they just had this like recurring, they kept coming in and out of the show and breaking the fourth wall and just have it. They had this really fun Cheech and Chong, not exactly like that, but this crazy little dynamic, just so full of puns and, and, jokes and it was all dark it was all because it's post-apocalyptic craziness capitalism and yeah yeah good call thank you counting down to four for me uh i is the drowsy chaperone on your list and I didn't know the show until I got the opportunity to be in the show, as I mentioned on the last episode. And getting to sit in that is particularly when you're playing Men in Chair, where you get to sit and watch the entire show. Yeah. Which is a very wild thing that you never get to do, like as a completely objective viewer. Um, it is so <laughs> bizarre and funny and... Um, and as as you know, I always love things that take the piss out of musicals anyway, or theater. And yeah. the idea that this it's a send up of all of these really oldsy timesy classic musicals that are kind of dumb by today's standards, you know, and yep. it plays into all of that. And it's just goofy, goofy goodness. And I won't play any of it because we've heard um, some of the music man singing uh, as we stumble <laughs> along. Harold Hill did that for us. But uh, it is so fun. I mean, there's this whole like dream ballet moment where the where the chorus comes out dressed as monkeys, and they're like for no reason. Like there's this whole thing about there's like a monkey um, 
metaphor that's going on that like it's so kooky it's just it's too too fun now so i will fun. say about that what's not funny is seeing the nine thousand junior musical theater dance solo to i want to <laughs> show off yeah. pick a new song kids yeah. yeah it's not funny when you do it because they don't get the joke yeah i'm sorry i had to go there i'm glad you did i feel better i'm i know i do <laughs> um okay what you got <laughs> my number four is um a, it's a show there are like a few shows that we talk about on this podcast that like star a bunch of very new newcomers to the to the broadway stage or west end stage or off broadway stage or whatever the case may be and this show had a bunch of newbies in it that are now all Huge megawatt stars all over the place. Some of the funniest actors we know. Uh, and that's Spelling Bee. 25th annual oh. Putnam County Spelling Bee. I went back and I listened to that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, there's Celia singing this. Oh, Sarah Salzberg. Oh, um, um, Lisa Howard. Oh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Oh, and then Josh Gad replaced Dan Fogler, who was also like, it's just, it's mind blowing. Derek Baskin, like the, there were so many brilliant people and it's i forgot how clever and sweet and endearing the show is um yeah. and i uh i wanted to play i'm not that smart i mean we could play at any of those at any of them but it's i, I just loved i you know it like took me back to sitting in circle in the square um and i i was in a show i was in a kind of a bigger show at the time so it was really nice to sit in the more intimate house and listen to what seemed like very spontaneous improv with the two, you know, the, the two spelling bee, uh, what were they called? Hosts, moderators. I don't know what you call them. Adults. Parking, parking attendants. Yeah, the adults. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the spelling attendants. And <laughs> and it was just, it was just so, it was so much fun. It was, so, I, it was so fresh. But anyway, I want to listen to some of I'm Not That Smart. And here it is. That little ding. To me, it brings a plaintive air. I always thought that life was fair. I mean, I never felt a smidgen of despair. They say a bell can break your heart, but just not mine. Since I opine, I think I know. please i like the part where he's got the little <laughs> floppy the little demon on his finger that talks to him in that uh, totally and also somebody my unfortunate erection is hilarious yes yes uh, magic <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> it's funny it's funny and it's kids too right exactly it's adults playing kids which is and not only kids but like special kids yeah. so it's that's always fun not always if you take my meaning where was the factory okay um <laughs> you picking up what i'm putting down i am okay uh it's heavy <laughs> what i'm putting down love it number three for me and I'm not just blowing sunshine up your patooter. 
but I was talking to uh, Mr. Oremus uh, the other day. We were messaging back and forth, and I was telling him the subject of our countdown this week because he happens to be in the UK. I know celebrating the tenth anniversary, anniversary of well, you yeah, because you started it there. Um, about Book of Mormon. Yay. Now I want to say that obviously this top three could go any which way depending on the day but especially funny to me about the book of mormon a you don't you can't keep up it's it you can't you can barely catch the next joke because it's moving so fast yes it's so goddamn vulgar with this really sensational score um, I mean, who am I telling? You know all these things, but let me just set the scene for you before you put it number one on your list. I have a feeling. Um, and I <laughs> don't I don't <laughs> I. Um, I and there's the bonus of for me when what I'll never recover from, and I think I've said this before, is the spooky Mormon hell dream. I will never recover from it seeing it on stage because I grew up Mormon in Utah. So yeah. for me, just how precise it is and how funny it is without being cruel towards the religion, even though I wouldn't have minded that, but it's just, it's a masterpiece, quite honestly. The show is a masterpiece and it is so, it's un it's unbelievably funny. And I got to see it with my sister. So we got like a double Mormon thing going on. So we were just like, <laughs> I know. Uh, oh my God. I just, it's a masterpiece. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations, Charles. Thank you for this gift. Steven, Steven was the reason I got the job. Oh yeah. Do you know this story? Did I ever tell you this story? No. Um, so actually Michael James Scott. So, okay. But I'll rewind. In 2009, uh, Patina Miller was booking everything. Okay. And she had booked like three jobs at the same time. And she had, she was in the original readings, like just as on, as an ensemble voice, you know what I mean? Like as one of the uh -huh. villagers. And so when she was deciding amongst one of her three jobs that she booked, Michael was like, why don't you just call Hasmeret? So that's literally how it happened. I got called and I joined them for the, the vineyard reading in 2009 and the rest is history. Then my, I got my character named after me in the script. So everyone oh, really? across the world, yes, there are people with the name that say that they played Asmaret <gasps> all over the world. <laughs> Wait, I don't know this. Yeah. This is the most fun fact. My ensemble Ugandan villager track is named Asmaret. That's the name of the character. They they gave everyone African names because I'm African. They just kept it. I am giving a slow clap and I'm doing it with a really metered kind of <laughs> attack because I don't want to blow out the sound because we're an audio platform yeah um that's very fucking cool i love that Thanks. um do we need to listen to um joseph smith american moses is that <laughs> what i want to listen to because it's so crazy probably yeah i think so probably liberation equality no more slavery for oops that mormon people i got the golden plates Oh, man. Like being nice to everyone. We are 
mountain. Down from the mountain, look who comes. The American woman, Brigham Young. Yes, I am Brigham Young. I cut off my daughter's clitoris. That made God angry, so he turned my nose into a clit for punishment. Brigham Young, his nose was a clitoris. What will you do, Joseph? Will you fight the clitoris man? Not fight him, help him. It's all there for you. It's right yeah. there. Um, all right, are we on number three? Three. Okay. My number three, I'm like going back and forth between another list. I'm trying to like make lists as I'm thinking of things as we're talking. Ooh. Uh, for multitasking. Our... <laughs> That's right. Okay, number three. Okay, see, I feel like now we're in territory where our top three are the same at this point, and we're just going to have different orders. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, interesting. I wonder. So, maybe not. I don't know. The hell do I know? No, I think I think two out of three were gonna be the same. Probably. Okay, my number three is uh I saw this in Los Angeles. Um, star oh, featuring one of our late friends, Greg Ruder. It was the first time I had met him, and I came and saw him in in at that point, what was the biggest musical musical comedy of the time. It like swept the Tonys, it came in like a wrecking ball. Oh. My number three is the producers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw Martin Short and Jason Alexander <gasps> together. And Angie Schwerer, our very own Angie Schwerer. Um, and, and I just, like, you know, it, it's kind of like what was going on when Mormon was opening was that, you know, there was so much hype. And I just, I, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want the show to be ruined because of it. And it certainly was not. I had so much fun. It was so absurd and like so clean in that Susan Stroman way. But just like, so I, I think she and Casey are similar in that they're economical. Like mm. they're good at doing these big splashy numbers, but like they really know how to get to the joke. That's my opinion. Ooh. And that's the just my, that's my hot comedy. directorial take. Yeah, I like that. The economy of it all. I know we already did a shame spiral, but we may have to do another one. You've never seen the producers. I've never seen the producers. Shame. And I don't shame. know. Well, because when it came out, it was get a possibly shame. expensive. Yes. And it kind of ran that way until it closed. Yes. And then it was gone. Yeah. Um, and I I know I auditioned for it a few times. Um, and I know that I saw the movie. Oh yeah, the movie. That's I right. saw the movie with um Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane and Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uh and I guess I don't remember finding the movie so hilariously funny that I couldn't see straight. I would imagine it was probably a very different ball game to see it live. I think so. I think by that point too, I don't remember when the movie came out. Was it, it was like 2000. It was certainly a good six couple seven? years after the show was. Yeah. But the phenomenon behind that show was that's when, I mean, we can thank it for, we can thank the producers for Broadway no longer being affordable. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the I was just as happy to be in Los Angeles seeing two of our, you know, funniest comedic actors. It was just fine. I bet Martin Short was hilarious. Oh my gosh. And then I got to go and hang out with him in the dressing room afterwards. Like he just sits and like hangs. It was, it was amazing. What, what? 
Yeah. Well, because I went back to see Greg. And so yeah. we went back and hung out in his dressing room. He's like, oh, yeah. He was like, we can hang in Marty's dressing room for a while. I was like, let's go hang in Marty's dressing room. I would love that. Okay. Greg was always very good. He was always very yes. chummy with the stars. He was always very chummy with the stars. He was. Magnetic. He was. Do we need to listen to something from the producers? I don't think so. Okay, great. <laughs> awesome. Um, springtime. I mean, we could listen to Springtime for Hitler. I don't know. I just feel like, it, it, to me, it's like, I, that's actually like one cast album that I didn't revisit, not so, like recently, but it, to me, it's like, I don't know. It's just, uh, we could. No, I think you're right. I think it's probably the experience of it's the, the experience. show. And the sight gags, that's probably. What I, yeah. Yeah. And Roger Bart. And Roger Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Roger Bart for president. Okay. The producers, good call. Sehr gut. Wunderschön. Uh, my number two, and I think this is where we are probably, this is where the variance is. Okay. My number two is, it's in the title, and I saw it on Broadway a couple of times. Uh, and I think really this is when I fell madly bonkers in love with Nathan Lane um, is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yeah. It is, it is everything you want a comedy to be. It is, um, well, I mean, it's in the opening number, a comedy tonight, but it is so funny and outrageous and, you know, kind of plays into all of the classic mistaken identities and, and who's really who and, and there's all, it's all, it's all a little bit pervy and it's all a little misogynistic and it's all a little bit, um, you know, the stereotypes flopping around that stage, like freaking crazy. Um, while one character tries to keep the whole thing together and moving, yeah. you know, to get his freedom. And it's really, really satisfyingly funny. Uh, and then I think I actually saw Whoopi Goldberg. I saw I Whoopi I Goldberg. Made, yeah. Who I remember is also being very good. So good. Yeah. 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 Uh, so funny thing happened on the way to the forum is my number two funniest. I love and it. Uh, we don't have to listen to that either because you know it. Everybody ought to have a maid. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. We're at number two. Now, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Oh. I don't want to assume anything. Oh. Um, my I, my number two is a team that I know pretty well. I feel very lucky <laughs> that after I saw this show, I was like, oh, I'd love to work with them. And then one day I did, but not on this show. But my number two is Avenue Q. Mm -hmm. Avenue motherfucking Q. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I, I mean, puppets, puppets shouting obscenities are always going to be funny. What do you want from me? I don't make the rules. So good. I, I actually, I, that's where I first met Jason Moore. I auditioned for Gary Coleman and it was very apparent that I was not right for the role, but Jason and I had such a nice exchange and interaction. And then I had, I've gone in for him, you know, I had gone in for him for other things that when Mormon came around, he was, he directed the the first couple of, of workshops and it was such a pleasure. And of course, Bobby Lopez is like the best and understands musical comedy like very few today, I think. Um, yeah. Should we listen to a little bit of Everyone's a Little Bit Racist? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think everyone's a little bit racist. Sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. Look around and you will find no one's really Now, there was, and I'm going to turn the corner here a little bit, but during the pandemic, when everybody started getting real busy online. Yes. And then, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter, social movements were happening. And uh, there were some people who got themselves very involved in certain issues that maybe were not their issues to be involved in. You don't say and stop me if you've heard this one, but without naming names, and I hope this person's, well, no, this is this is what happened. But somebody took to some new Facebook group that they had founded that was in def- defense of everyone. And we were going to write every wrong and every injustice in casting and racial insensitivity and, and you know, all of it, we were going to take on in this one Facebook group run by a 30-something-year-old white homosexual man um, who wrote an open letter to the entire cast of Avenue Q and tagged them all on Facebook, including Anne Harada, and shaming them for how problematic. Why are we not talking about how problematic Avenue Q is? Why blah, 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 on and on and on and on and tagged all of the actors from the original cast. Miss Harada was not having it. I bet you she was not. I remember this now vaguely. You do. Yep. I do. Yep. And she came for filth. And I was like, this is ridiculous. First of all, comedy, right? Also, the fact that you would assume that these actors are idiots and that they owe something to you. I don't know. It was such a crazy, bizarre thing. I think it did not end well for the person who wrote this manifesto. Sure. Um, And, you know allyship is one thing staying in your lane is another thing i don't know um but uh it was it was quite the fiasco and i was like you the the major point i wanted to make is i think avenue q is so smart and so unbelievably ridiculously funny that you're not smarter than the people who made this show yeah so if you're having an issue with it you don't get it it's kind Jeff of what Woody I also think. right. He wrote Jeff Woody wrote the book. I think it was it's yes. such a it's so smart. Yeah, it's genius. It's so smart. And look, comedy is tricky, right? It doesn't always age well, and satire is tricky. And so you, th- there will be things that you look back on several years later, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but it's like you're. I I agree with what you're saying. You know, it's. I, I don't know. You got to. For sure. Allyship and staying in your lane are two different things. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing. But I, you yeah. know, it was the tagging of like and like calling out Anne Harada for being racist for playing Christmas Eve and Avenue Q was just like, yeah. I don't even I don't know what you do with that. Um because it is so smart and and so freaking funny. Uh 
which is exactly why it's my number one funniest musical of all time. Yay! I've seen it a bunch of times, and every time I see it, I have forgotten again just how high the level of brilliance is in it. I forget again how ridiculously funny it is from top to bottom, side to side. It's it's puppets behaving badly yeah. with brilliant music and it's contemporary and and I, all of it's just, I just think it's so funny. And I, I you know, I, one of the times that I watched it, I remember being like, well, obviously this beat Wicked for Best Musical. It's just a better show. By the way, that documentary about that's Tony season and the two yeah. shows it is freaking brilliant. Oh yeah, it's fun. It's really you're just like <gasps> I'm oh, in it several times. I know. <laughs> I pop up from here and there. Uh skinny me before I ate the monster that ate me. Um but it's uh yeah, that is a damn good documentary because that was also the year that Taboo was out too. And so that yes. was like also kind of the beginning of the crazy um like behind the scenes gossip yeah. thing that was going That's on with right. Michael Riedel trying to get the scoop and like bury the show before it begins kind of deal. Yeah. Um, Avenue Q is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I think it's the funniest musical ever, unless it's Tuesday and then it's the Book of Mormon and then or if it's Wednesday and it's a funny thing. I don't know. All <laughs> right. What's your, oh my gosh, everyone take a deep breath. I want you to try to, Think about what could be coming. Um, well, it is Tuesday, as you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh Monday. no, it's not Tuesday because the to that's right. The Tony's were last night. Well, it's <laughs> my Tuesday. It's my Tuesday. And my number one is obviously the Book of Mormon. <laughs> not just because I was in it and helped develop the show from the inception. Um, and and our collecting points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, uh, to me, when I, and, and this is, this falls in that same category of people coming after the show and Matt and Trey and Bobby making some updates to the script because of the feedback they were getting in the wake of this, you know, social and racial reckoning. Yeah. Um, when I first, well, I didn't get to read anything because everything was confidential, but when I first was in the room and we were doing the, the some read-throughs and music rehearsals and things like that. Everyone was like looking at me to see how I was going to react to Hasadiga. And I like didn't oh. bat an eye. I was like, you guys, I have no moral compass. What is this is nothing. <laughs> um, but I remember reading the script, the, the libretto. And I was like, this is, this reminds me of a sitcom. And the reason why I perform, because I grew up sitting in front of the TV every day after school or you know when my homework was done like I loved comedy shows and like those bloopers shows and sitcoms and you know so it read to me like it was like a tv show and a, there were not a lot of shows on Broadway that I was doing and I, I've been in my fair share of comedies but Mormon was so contemporary and so quick and so up my alley that I I just like had never felt so um understood in a show mm, and Jason mm. at the time you know Jason directed the first Jason Moore directed the first couple of uh readings and workshops that we did and so I he just gave me a bunch of the punchlines, and so it kind of stayed that way and so it was fun to do every night and just fun to be known as the girl who drops the f-bombs and um <laughs> so yeah 
it's yeah it's it's so it's so it's so funny i can't believe it exists <laughs> kind of thing you know it's like I know. Uh, in this lifetime all right i know, I know. got dolly parton and the book of mormon all <laughs> right this was the right generation sweet uh, that's debatable but <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our generation's tricky uh, oh no no deeply deeply flawed but i'm saying you know <laughs> fringe benefits like dolly parton um that's why we need such funny musicals i guess uh, oh there it is yeah yeah the fringe <laughs> benefits you know uh the rise of sparkling water you know that sort of thing yes um i don't know what that meant uh all right okay that's we did it last. so fun your list is good my list is good the list of me sees a list in you that's right nama list nama list um, uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Theater Countdown once again. We're at Theater Countdown on Instagram and TikTok and at Theater Count on Twitter. I feel like I had to say that again because when I said it before, I don't know what the hell I said. So um, please go give us a follow and slide into our DMs. Be gentle. All right. Let's take it home. Okay. Bring it home. And... and... Scene. Scene. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs>